The board of directors of IDFC and IDFC Financial Holding approved merger between both the entities and announced a share exchange ratio of 155 shares of IDFC First Bank for every 100 shares held in IDFC. What does it mean for customers and investors? Do we expect more bank mergers in the future? Hi there. Welcome to the BL podcast. This is Nabodita Ganguly. Hamsini Kartik joins me to explain more about the same. Hi Hamsini, thank you so much for joining. Hi. So Hamsini, lots of discussions are going on about the IDFC and IDFC financial holding merger. On yeah. that note, I wanted to ask It's also being said that the merger is more favorable for the parent that is IDFC Limited. Can you explain us about the same? Sure. Uh, look at the shareholding structure of IDFC First Bank. Okay, its parent, as we as it goes with the name, is that of IDFC Limited. It, the promoter holding in the bank uh, through IDFC Limited is at around thirty nine point nine nine percent. Take it to forty percent. Okay, now who holds IDFC? IDFC is largely held by the government. Uh, look at the shareholding uh, structure of IDFC. Although it is hundred uh, percent public, if you look at any BSE or NSE stock exchange documents, uh, although it is public, it is a government uh, floated entity, right? And to that extent, the the uh, the structure of IDFC and IDFC Limited is uh, such that. Uh, the bank is promoted by IDFC Limited. IDFC Limited is held by a clutch of mutual funds, by a, a little bit of foreign investors, large domestic institutions, and also the government. Right? For IDFC Limited, uh, we recently know about the whole uh, sale of AMC business that they did to uh, Bandal. Right? IDFC AMC sale happened last year. With that concluding, now what is IDFC Limited really left with? Uh, it's only the bank largely, and uh, the dichotomy of IDFC, uh, uh, IDFC's uh, standalone and consolidated numbers would pretty much reveal this picture to you that IDFC Limited draws its entire—I uh, would be wrong saying entire—draws a majority and a meaty portion of its uh, financial strength or its balance sheet strength. From IDFC Bank, and therefore, uh, there isn't so much of a holding company discount here. Okay, I I think uh the people who worked on IDFC Limited side, the bankers and uh, uh the top heads who worked at IDFC Limited side, and that would include Anil Singhvi as well, who stepped in as a chairman um uh, in twenty twenty one September twenty twenty one, the famous investor call. Um, uh, they worked very hard to ensure that they get a very good bargain in the process. And if if you say that you know uh at one is to 1.55 the ratio is favorable to the government it's not a clean one is to one kind of a swap or a shareholding uh, basis kind of a swap uh, government has got a little premium uh it is fair to say but having said that again uh, you must take into account that at this level also uh the price is at a bit of a discount and i'll just explain to you why uh there is always an element called holding company uh discount that gets attributed to any of the uh, large transactions you saw that happen even with hdfc hdfc banks case as well right 
like banks, even in IDFC and IDFC banks case, while the transaction is at a, a, a beneficial plane to the government or to IDFC Limited and its shareholders, it could have been much better. Let me let me just take a moment to explain that to you. The government, as per very rough calculations, should have gotten 16.24 stake, right? Uh, its total shareholding in IDFC First Bank is about 264 crores of shareholding that uh, IDFC Limited has in the bank. And for that, it should have ideally received 16.34% stake. That is on the assumption that for IDFC Limited, IDFC Bank is the only subsidiary. Therefore, don't give it much of a, a, a discounting on the uh, holding company structure. If the holding company discount was calculated at 0%, this is the stake that they should have got. But what they have got in return is a little less, right? The, uh, a discount of about 6.1% has been calculated. Again, this is based on uh, uh, back of the envelope uh, calculations. Because of that, IDFC's holding in the bank has been reduced to about 2.6 crore shares in the bank, right? So, prima facie, yes, uh, IDFC's got a great deal out of it but it it did it did lose out a little on negotiations but that's it it's it's still a win-win what does it mean for me as a customer nothing nothing okay. uh because unlike the hdfc uh, hdfc bank merger where there were two operating entities two customer facing entities for for idfc it's not quite the case you know idfc bank is the customer facing entity now uh, mind you, the divestment of mutual funds business is already off the table. Um, that That's a sale that's come through. Money has also come through from the sale. It's been factored as well, factored in as well. So as a customer for you, life doesn't change at all, uh, Nabodeta. It's, it's business as usual. So basically, if I have an account there, I don't have to think about what this merger means no, for me or something. No, no, just no, life no. as usual. No, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And what about investors? For investors, a lot might change because mm -hmm. um, investors of IDFC, and I'll take you back to that call that happened in uh, the, the con call that happened on the 21st of September, 2021. Uh, it's a very uh, uh, important call in IDFC Limited's history. Uh, and I'll tell you why. It was on that call where uh, some of the large investors holding IDFC Limited, including the likes of Madhu Kela, literally fought saying, what is the board of IDFC Limited doing for us? When you know that IDFC Limited by itself does not have much of value, what are you doing to ensure that value accretion happens to its shareholders? And therefore, as a result, the whole merger became almost imminent. Right. And even if you go back a little more in time, Rajiv Lal, who was the MD and CEO of IDFC Bank before it got merged with Capital First Bank, that is when IDFC Bank was licensed back in 2015, Lal had mentioned that within after five years of the bank's operations, the holding company structure will be collapsed. Now, IDFC itself has a huge history and background to it. Um, for a lot of us, it's one of the few banks which has its uh, uh, registered office in Chennai, 
right so um it it was it was meant to be an infrastructure funding entity which is why you'd you'd see idfc um, in the past fund a lot of toll projects road projects etc and it was one of the few um, uh, license contenders of 2014 as well bandhan and idfc got the license uh, from there, IDFC's journey has taken a 360-degree change. That's a topic to discuss another day. We'll keep away from that. So uh, given that, you know, IDFC in itself does not have any operating businesses, this was a huge ask for uh, shareholders of IDFC Limited. They were getting frustrated because IDFC Limited shares never quite went anywhere. There was nothing in the balance sheet pretty much to keep them going and happy. And hence this merger had to have happened. Now through the merger, they, two things happened. One, the long complained aspect with respect to value erosion, value depletion, that's getting addressed in an effective way. The second thing, they get access to IDFC bank shares. Um, that's that's a company, that's that's a bank stock which has done very well uh, for most of this year. Uh, they've gotten their balance sheets repaired. Uh, like I said, it's a discussion for a later date, whether that's good, bad or whatever. Uh, and uh, for shareholders, therefore, of IDFC Limited, the merger is a big deal for them. Okay, understood. And lastly, Hamsini like this HDFC merger now IDFC all these mergers happening so do we expect more bank mergers in the future <laughs> this is something that um, at current account our banking page uh, we're also mulling about uh, uh, our team is looking at uh, this um, you know as a as an article to explore but I think the question holds a lot of relevance um, we recently saw Indescent promoters um, wanting to, uh, I mean, getting the go-ahead to raise their stake up to 26% from 15. That's a that's a very, very promising corporate action. Um, there are a few other banks who've stated their intentions for mergers, acquisitions. Um, if you look at the financial services landscape itself, we've seen a lot of corporate action this year. Uh, there's the big elephant in the room called IDFC, which way or to whom it's going to go, uh, that will be a very important milestone for all of us to watch. So in that sense, is 2024 the fiscal uh, one that could be punched with a lot of corporate action? I think yes. But uh, are we going to see big bank mergers, big bank acquisitions, possibly barring IDBI? Uh, the system is not there yet for that. Uh, so what you're seeing today, including HDFC Bank and HDFC Limited's merger, these are... a these are things that we've been talking about in the market for a very long time. These are events that were meant to have happened at some point in time. And finally, uh, calendar year 2023 seems to be the year when all of it is folding in. It's happening in front of us now. 2023 is a very exciting year, right? For you as a bank reporter. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And for you as well on the podcast. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So on that note, Hamsini, thanks a lot for joining. As you say, there's a lot that we need to discuss. We'll do that for sure. Thanks a lot for now. Let's do that. Thank you.